Well, hello everybody, this is Paul. This is the Tent and Event Rental Industry Podcast. And today I wanna talk a little bit about different kinds of tents. So what we're gonna talk about today is just a basic few, uh, excuse me, a few basic styles of tents that are out there, but I really wanted to just kind of review this and discuss it a little bit further because for a lot of us that are just brand new, we are maybe only thinking about one different tent. We see a lot of different styles, a lot of different manufacturers, and so I wanted to take a few minutes to just kind of break down what I'm considering kind of your basic uh, groundwork for the different kinds of tents. If you already have got yourself started, there's a really good chance that you're really gonna be using two different basic styles, and we're talking about pole tents versus frame tents. For those of you who do not have anything started, you haven't purchased anything, but you know you wanna get into this, that's the, that's the point of this particular podcast. So if you are a bit further and you don't need to specifically drive into what we're talking about for different styles, that's okay. Of course, I'd love you to listen, but we can take a look at some other podcasts and listen to some other podcasts and chat about that a bit later. So. Uh, for starters, one of the things I like to talk about is that first tent that you're going to purchase. Uh, for starters, of course, I really want to en- encourage you to do your research. On the previous podcast, I was referring to when you select a manufacturer, a lot of times it's said that you marry that manufacturer. So if you're going to be using, I'm going to use Eureka as an example. Eureka is based out of New York. They're in Binghamton. Uh, they're owned by Johnston Outdoors. Uh, So geographically, it made a lot of sense for me and my experience living in New York to use Eureka. Now, I wasn't the decision maker and I wasn't the researcher that got that started. My father with his own business, he started off by using Eureka when he got into the tent game. And as such, he continued to purchase really for the duration of his experience. Now, he did have other products, other tent manufacturers that he used for a variety of reasons. But the bulk of his product suite was manufactured by Eureka, again, from Johnson Outdoors. When I'm talking about this, I want to bring this up because when you're going through and you're making that very first purchase, you really want to make sure you've done your research, quality, price, how it's going to impact your independent market, but also because you want to determine whether or not you may in the future want to jump into different kinds of tent rental. And that's where I want to go with this. So for a lot of us getting started in the backyard, we're going to probably have one of two different styles. It's a pull tent or it's a frame tent. With that pull tent, what we're talking about is the fabric or the vinyl or the tent top. You might hear those terms in the future when we're referring to the actual tent top itself. And what we do with that pull tent is we have several side poles or legs, depending on what you call them. You're going to have some ratchet straps or some stakes. Of course, the stakes themselves. And then, of course, the stake caps. Now, those pull tents, they're held up in the air by the tension of driving that stake into the ground, tying off that rope or ratchet, and then, of course, making sure everything is tightened down. Without those stakes, the tent will technically still stand, but you really need to make sure that you're ratcheted down or you're tightened down, so that way, of course, it's nice and tight, and you have no security concerns from weather or from folks running around kicking the poles, kids doing something similar. A lot of us start off that way, and I think the main reason we start off that way is you can do it by yourself, It's going to be a bit easier if you have another helper, but you can still find that tent from anywhere from $800 brand new for, in some cases, all the way up to, you know, $1,500, $1,600, maybe even a bit more depending on the manufacturer. It's also really good because there's not a lot of pieces, right? You've got the tent top, you've got those legs, you've got the center pole, stakes, stake caps, maybe the ropes are attached to the tent top or you're using ratchets. So in general, yes, there's still anywhere from five to eight different independent items or class items that you're going to be talking about, but it's really just that first pole tent, right? Now, the pole tent game 
is something that's very unique because those pole tents in most cases are going to be in increments of 10 foot sections. That doesn't mean they're always 10 foot sections, but when we're talking about those 20 wides, kind of that initial start with a pole tent, it's gonna be 20 by 20, 20 by 30, 20 by 40. You are going to find that different manufacturers offer mid sections. So if you knew that you wanted to get into a scenario where you needed a bigger tent, 20 by 50, 20 by 60, 70, 80, maybe even 200. My personal thought on that is you wanna move away from the pole tent and get yourself into the frame tent. I'll dive into that in a minute. But that's just simply because I don't know how often you're gonna be wanting to or able to set up a pole tent that's gonna be really bigger than that 20 by 40, keeping that 20 wide width in mind. When you really start to break into those sectional tents, you're gonna be talking about 30 wide tents, 40 wide, 50, 60, 80, 100, 120. So I always start with that width. If we're talking about maybe a 100 person wedding, if, you, if that's the first request, I've got 100 guests that are coming in, you know, I wanna use round tables, I want a dance floor. Well, we're not gonna be using a 20 wide for that. We're gonna be talking about probably starting at that 30 wide section, a uh, sectional rather, and we're talking about a 30 by 60 right? That's 1800 square foot. Now all of a sudden we know we can use all of that interior space to map out how many tables will fit, how big the dance floor is going to be, is the bar in there, is the food service in there, and so on. But going back to the pole tent idea here, the concept I want to get down is that as you start to grow, you're going to be looking at adding in additional tent sizes. And when you do so, you're going to want to make sure that you're keeping up with, all right, I've got a 20 wide, 20 by 20, we can seat 40, that's gonna be great for a backyard barbecue. We've got 100 guests coming in for a wedding. Probably gonna to wanna to start in that 30 by 60 range depending on what they'll use inside the tent. Maybe now we're getting a bit bigger. We've got a 200 person wedding. Well, guess what? I'm gonna to wanna to start right off at that 40 by 100. So in that case, I'm talking about a sectional tent 40 wide that's gonna be now 100 foot long and that's gonna have multiple pieces of vinyl or fabric or tent top and that's what we're getting into using from a sectional tent. Now, this podcast isn't going to get into tents, at least for a while, isn't going to get into the tent game that's going to be larger than 40 wide. And that's simply because when you start to get into the larger tents, 60 wides or 50 wides, 80 wides, 100 wide, 120 wide, we're really probably going to be in a completely different game. When you have a 100 wide tent, you're doing big festivals. You're doing huge events that are going to have 7,000 people, 8,000, 10,000 people that may be in and out of that tent. So... I'm going to focus on the smaller things. Now, getting back to it, we've discussed that pole tent. It's held up by the tension on the stake line. You've got center poles. The top itself or the fabric itself is really held up by those legs, by those center poles, and of course by the tension. On the flip side, again, going back to that backyard barbecue, going back to that, that backyard weekend warrior, the other alternative that we're going to be referring to are frame tents. Now, within the frame tent spectrum, this is where the technology of late over the past five to 10 years has really taken off. One of the first things you might look at is a West Coast frame. West Coast frame is going to be putting an entire framing system together, putting the top onto that frame, and then lifting that tent into the air by inserting the legs. Huge advantage with the frame tent West Coast in this case is you can still buy those sections so if you know you are going to need that 20 by 60 or 20 by 80 or 20 by 100, maybe it's for food vendors on the street. Now you're in a situation where you can buy two sets of ends 
and then several sets of mid. And from there, we just need the additional framing. So you can kind of compartmentalize this and build it as big or really in this case, as long as you want it to go, assuming that all those pieces work in together. A lot of West Coast framing is going to be a circumstance where you buy that frame. Again, you marry that manufacturer. You buy that frame and from here on out, as long as those poles don't get bent or broken or erode or, or something that has to do with some, maybe some misuse or some kind of crazy weather incident, you're going to have that framing for a very long time. So when you get yourself into the position to start discussing using frame tents, you want to think about where am I going to use these? How often am I going to use these? And is this manufacturer really offering me the best bang for my buck? Moving up from there, the frame tents still do the same thing. You can have that 20 wide frame, 30 wide frame, 40 wide frame, but typically when we're moving into those larger tents that go beyond 40, we're now gonna have a subsection of this that we call structures. You might hear these as clear spans. When we're talking about structure tents, that's an entirely different game. Structures are really semi-permanent installations that are typically gonna be used for we'll say an extended period of time. The other reason you might be using a structure is you just simply need this to be up for the weekend or four or five days, but you have a huge group of individuals that are gonna be using that structure tent. Those are all, again, built just like the West Coast frames. We put them together piece by piece and we technically can make them as long as we want to. I'm gonna back off the structure side and keep on that West Coast frame and then introduce another concept, which is a high peak frame tent. Same idea. The high peak frame tents are just a different style. They look a little bit different. Structurally, there are a few less pieces, but still many things to consider. When we're talking about West Coast frame or high peak frames, the West Coast, again, are typically built together. They are constructed with the framing system, with corners, with side tees, with the crown. Those all come together to build this kind of structure, and then you put the fabric of the top onto it and lift it. And very much the same with your high peaks, what you're going to find yourself doing is using the perimeter and depending on the length of the tent itself, there may be some kind of interior pieces, but they're using these cross cables to then put in or insert a center pole that doesn't touch the ground. So the tension that you use inside that frame is what holds that top up. And of course, from there, we're still considering tying it off with ratchet straps. We're still considering tying it off with ropes and then, of course, we're going to have to talk about something called ballast. In many instances, you're choosing to use a frame tent versus a pole tent, whether that frame is West Coast, whether that frame is a high peak, or whether that is a structure. A lot of times you're, you're choosing to use that kind of tent because you can't drive stakes. When I say you can't drive stakes, I mean you have to put something on concrete or asphalt and the last thing you want to do is ask your crew to drive 25 stakes into this asphalt just simply because, hey, you don't have the tools. It's going to be a lot of additional labor or something similar. These frame tents are really, really great options for when you're putting something on somebody's deck. You're putting something on a patio. You're putting something that's going to uh, a tent where you're going to be over an employee, excuse me, a client's uh, driveway. Or you take that a step further, and we were talking about in a previous podcast, maybe one of those fireworks tents. Well, if that's going to be a long-term rental, one week, two week, three week, it's probably going to be in your best interest to consider purchasing in that frame tent because the frame itself, the structural stability of that tent isn't going to be impacted by that stake line, but rather making sure that you installed that tent correctly. Now we have a solution that's going to be much better for a long-term rental than that pole tent. That's a personal opinion of mine. 
But with that frame tent setup, 20 by 20, 30, 40, 30 by 45, 30 by 60 frame, we are gonna need to consider that in order to make sure that that tent is secured to the ground, we discuss multiple options. Any place that you can drive stakes, that's my first suggestion. Whether that is through the asphalt on a, on a blacktop, whether that's you know directly next to or through somebody's patio, we still wanna use those stakes. But for those kind of events where you can't drive stakes into the asphalt or something similar, this is where we're gonna to wanna to talk about ballast. You'll hear this word ballast come up on several future occasions, but what I'm really talking about is big blocks of concrete that are sitting on the ground and holding that tent to the ground. You may also find that a lot of folks still are currently using water barrels. Water barrels are okay for you to use, although I don't personally think that is the safest or best solution. And the reason I say so is there's a lot of individuals who put a lot of science, excuse me, time into research, scientific research, that suggests that water barrels just simply don't do the same job as a big fat block of concrete. And when I say a big fat block of concrete, I'm not talking about 100 pounds. I'm talking about 350 pounds. I'm talking about 500 pounds, 700, 1,000 pound concrete blocks that are holding down these tent tops. There are a lot of online solutions that are going to help to discuss these different things. And I will talk about this in a later podcast. That's going to be some networking and community that involve uh, educational opportunities and so on. But as a basic premise, use this concept of block and roll. Block and roll is a company that specializes in ballasting for tent rental. So ultimately what we're talking about is creating a template mold that is filled with concrete. Again, 300 pound, 350, 500, 700, 1,000 pound blocks of concrete, which you would be deploying with your 20 by 30s, your 30 by 45s, your 40 by 60s. This is going to be in lieu of using stakes. And that's really going to come down to, is it the best solution to drop stakes through that asphalt or concrete? Are we going to damage the property? Do we know if there are underground utilities? And those are all those independent conversations that you're going to have A, with your client, and B, with your crew. Because if you go out and you do a site survey and you know, hey, we've got to put this up a flight of stairs on a terrace, there's a really good chance you're not going to be able to drive stakes. And if you can't drive stakes, you can't use a pole tent. Right there, frame is the solution. Now, moving away from this, or I should say as a recap, we've talked about pole tents being held up by the tension of the stake lines using center poles that go from the ground to the fabric. We've talked about West Coast frames, which are ultimately an opportunity for you to build this entire framing structure, putting the fabric on top of that frame tent, frame top, and then lifting it up to the air. We've also talked about high peak tents, those high peak tents using mostly the perimeter and then including some kind of uh, internal tensioning, which then of course hold up your peak. Jumping back to the structures. Structure tents are a different game. When you get into anything larger than what we'd call a 40 wide or what I would call a 40 wide, this is where we're gonna start to have a little more conversation about where and when you should be introducing structures to your, your tent line. The structures in most instances are going to be used for major events, in a lot of cases, you, you're not going to have a wedding call, a person call for a wedding and say, I've got 400 individuals, we're going to put it in this parking lot or on this field where we need this thing up for 10 days. Those are typically going to be something more for car shows or hail damage. They're going to be typically for maybe larger events for non-for-profits, for museums, for schools. And these structure tents are designed to be a semi-permanent solution. Those semi-permanent solutions are often going to be, again, for those schools, for hotels, things, things of that nature, maybe major events. 
So when you start to get into that kind of realm of the tent rental industry, you're really gonna wanna take a, an additional amount of time to do the research because there are a lot of manufacturers who make these structural t structure tents, but that's gonna be a completely different level of investment. Those are gonna start probably in that forty dollars to $50,000 range and then climb from there. When you make a purchase like that, we're really talking about a 10-year investment. This is not gonna be a, I'm buying a 20 by 20 top, I'm gonna to do backyard barbecues for 300 bucks on the weekend. We're talking about setting this up with 1,000 chairs and 250 tables and, and maybe 15 or 20 other tents. Of course, you can still set up that structure for the one-off event. Structure tents have their own unique set of circumstances. In many instances, you're gonna to wanna to discuss the engineering of the ground if you're putting this tent in a, on a parking garage. There's all sorts of weird circumstances where you might get yourself into structures. The other side of this to consider is that structures can also be double-deckers. So when you're going downtown for that big jazz fest, when you're going out to that NFL uh, stadium and they've got a huge event going on, you go to the golf, you go to a golf outing and, and the PJs come through, you're going to see that those structure tents are there. You go to the Daytona 500, major race events, and everything's got tents all over the place. Those are going to be those kind of structures or, or major frame tents that are going to be included in those sort of events. One other thing to talk about is the concept of what we call Keter Track. Now, all the manufacturers have their own version of what I consider a Keter Track, but when we're talking about this, we're talking about those 30-wide, 40-, 50-wide frames or structures. And what we're doing with that Keter Track is we're essentially building the frame, and then instead of putting the top over the frame, we're actually putting the top into the frame. So it's a circumstance where you actually feed this fabric into the framing itself. It's a different level of being secure. It also, in certain cases, can make it a lot easier because you can use additional tools and additional labor to ensure that you're putting this in and up correctly. The other thing to talk about as it relates to frame tents is when you get into those frame tent circumstances, you are really going to want to do some research on the different kinds of tools that you will use to do so. In most instances, when you're setting up those frame tents, you're gonna want more than sledgehammers. You'll want jackhammers or a specialized tool like a bobcat or something, again, we'll talk about in the future, the tent ox. That's to help lift the, pole, the poles into place. That's to help lift the frame into place. That's to help drive stakes through that asphalt or tough ground. When it comes to that frame tent, still wanna consider the use of those various tools, you know, bobcat, tent ox, something along those lines, maybe a rhino driver to help with that stake movement, but you also really wanna consider how you're going to secure that tent to the ground. If there's no capability of staking, maybe it will make sense for you to buy all that block and roll or build all that block and roll, and then rent a bobcat so you can move that information, move that equipment around. Again, recap, talked about pull tents, tension, holding those tops up, the West Coast framing, building all of that together and then raising it yourself, using or moving over to the high peak frame tents, which is gonna be that perimeter mostly with those cross cables and then tensioning up the center pole inside. Regular frame tents, which is gonna typically be your 30 wide, 40 wide, 50 wide. And then as we move into those structures, we're talking about semi-permanent installations that are moving from the 40 wide range all the way up to, gosh, 100, 120. And in most instances, when we're talking about structures, we're also referring to them in meters rather than feet. Now, there are a lot of different things that we can talk about off of these subtopics, but I really wanted to keep this relatively short just to introduce the different styles of tent and the reasons that you might use them. 
Of course, there's going to be a lot further discussion on those frame tents, on those high peaks, West Coast, and of course the structures in later podcasts. But I really thought that, hey, you know what, if I'm just getting into this and I'm trying to understand what I can uh, trying to understand the, the variety of options I have for my business, my budding business, or I didn't start it yet, I thought this would be a really good place to start. So again, I said I was going to keep this one relatively short. This is Paul, and this is the Tent and Event Rental Industry Podcast. I really hope that you're enjoying this so far. Please share this with your friends. Please follow along. And of course, if you have any questions, reach out.